doesn't come back to me helping them, doesn't come back to me financially, but it comes back to me in good energy. And so what I put out is what I get back. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. On the previous episode, I dove deep into dream traffic and the demographics you need to consider and how you need to think about them to make sure that you are talking to your people, create raving fans, and customers that are willing to buy that you love to work with. Don't forget to check out the whole episode. But before you listen to that, stick around. I've got Kevin Steven back with us. This time, he dives deep into his story and the powerful and painful experiences that have led him to this incredible entrepreneurial success. Stick around to hear this jaw-dropping story. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy. I'm here with the one and only Kevin Steven Quinn. For the full name you got to have the full name with this guy you do uh thank you so much i uh i'm honored to be on your podcast thanks so much i just want to take take a minute to just tell um, our listeners about who you are and then i'm just so so excited for you to just blow our minds with all of your genius that hopefully i can do so hopefully i don't <laughs> drop the ball no i know that you're not going to so our friend kevin steven here he has 25 years experience as a VP in sales management. He has launched multiple tech startups in software and in SaaS, and he's got some exciting projects going on right now that we were just talking about a minute ago. He understands the world of pitching investors and raising capital for project, as well as the ClickFunnels world, which is focused around raising capital without using venture capitalism. So Mm -hmm. this guy's a well-rounded man. He has closed over 1.5 billion in sales revenue over the course of his career. You wouldn't know it by how, how he looks, guys. This is, this is a young whippersnapper over here. Mm. One of the things I love most about him is that he's a connector of people and he is a partner in various software projects, tech companies, and he himself is a Marine Corps veteran. So first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for just bringing your wealth of life experience to the podcast today. Yeah, I appreciate it. And you are very welcome. And it's kind of crazy, my experience, but I'm, I'm ready. Hit me with your best shots. I love it. Well, I would love, I mean, uh, we were j- just before we, we started recording, we were talking about how the, like the many lives that Kevin has, has lived as he has been a business, um, business owner and business participant. But I would love for you to just share some of your backstory. Like how did you, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, wow. You know, um, they, I, I was just talking with somebody about this. You know, I've kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit since I was a kid. We didn't grow up with a ton of money. And um, 
you know, for all of us boys, and I had a sister, uh, thankfully I was the oldest because I didn't get hand-me-downs, but my brothers got hand-me-downs. So that was the life we lived, you know, all of us boys sharing hand-me-downs. And, um, and, and, and when it got to middle school, we called it junior high back in my day. When we got to junior high, for me to wear something that was fashionable um, just wasn't going to happen on my parents' budget. So if I wanted to wear cool clothes to school, I had to figure out a way myself. So that was always my mom's thing. No, nope, you want those pants, you got to buy them yourself. So that was how it was. So, you know, um, at the age of eight, I remember selling corn out of the back of a farmer's truck. And, you know, here I was selling, you know, a dozen ears of corn. Uh, at 11, I got my first paper route. It was a weekly distribution. So every Wednesday, I, I delivered the paper. And at 12, I was old enough to take on the full-time, everyday Idaho Statesman newspaper. And so I started as a paper boy at 12, and I kept that job until I was 18 and graduated high school. Actually, 17. I turned 18 after high school. So I delivered the paper every day through junior high and high school, kept the advertiser job for a couple of years. That was the once a weeker. And then at 14, you could actually go to work in the state of Idaho. And I went to work at a hamburger joint down the uh, street. So I was delivering two papers and selling hamburgers out of the drive-thru window. And I kept that for a long time. Uh, at 16, when I could start driving at night, I took a job working for a printing company downtown Boise and would drive down at night, empty all the garbage cans, sweep this place. That took a couple hours a night. So I was literally working three or four jobs all through high school while going to school because I wanted to be able to buy the cool shoes or the cool pants because I didn't want to be that kid, you know? So, um, you know, growing up and I would say, I wish we were middle-class. We were almost middle-class. So growing up in a poor family, you know, I was very industrious to try and fit in, you know, and then, you know, later in years, I realized I don't care what people, you know, think of me. I really didn't. So, but at the time, my entrepreneurial spirit came from a need to fit in, carry that through into my adult years, no matter what I've been doing, uh, even as a Marine. Um, when I was in the Marine Corps, I worked for a moving company. So, you know, nights and weekends, I'd go move people's furniture. I didn't need the money. I don't know why I was doing it. But it was just, that's always the way, uh, uh, you know, I was ingrained. And then I get into the corporate space, always had something on the side going. And then, oh my gosh, 18 months ago, I land in this space, this digital marketing space. And I went from being, you know, just a software developer with a partner to, as we were just talking about before we got the thing, I have 21 projects going now from two e-commerce brands. Uh, I have a book dropping in a month. Um, I've got uh, my own podcast coming out. I have I mean, all sorts of crazy things. Coaching. I've got a coaching group. I do private coaching. Um, good gravy. Oh, um, I, I don't know if I can say this. I can't. It's, it's, it's federally illegal. Uh, I'm an I'm a equity shareholder and director of sales for a hemp and CBD company out of Oregon. I mean, I'm just involved in so many different things. So yeah, I've always had kind of that entrepreneurial spirit. And in this space that we're in, it lends itself to those creative types because there's so many different things that you can do. You know, the problem that I think I have out of all this is um, shiny object syndrome. I see something, I'm like, oh, I can do that. And then, you know, here's another creative idea. I got to stop doing that. But yeah, I'm like you. I, uh, I love this space. I love digital marketing and all the, uh, I guess, all the new opportunities that have been presented to me since I landed here, geez, only a year and a half ago. So that's Kev. It's amazing. It's amazing. So you, I, I love how like you, you say that the entrepreneurial spirit has always been with you and you, and you started being industrious at a very, very young age. Can you remember times in your journey where 
you had like this overarching goal where you were like, this is where I'm going with this. Or was it just like you got busy and opportunities came and you just kind of yeah. rolled with things? Like, like how, how did that work for you? You know, um, I always dreamed I was going to do something big. Like as a kid growing up in my life that I was in, I always escaped it. So I, I was a dreamer. I've always been a dreamer. And I, my biggest dream was I was going to be a drummer in a rock band. And um, it never happened. I think probably the first step probably should have been taking drum lessons. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that was one I did not follow through on. But I always knew I was going to be a, a drummer in a rock band. I was always drawing pictures of myself behind the drums, you know, imagining. I'm sure my mom thought, I, I mean, she probably knew I was nuts, but yeah, I thought I was nuts with that one. Um, but I don't think there was ever like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this one day. Uh, and that never really happened. I think, you know, as I got into certain spaces, certain niches, whatever I was doing, something was instigated. I was like, okay, I can be doing this and I can be doing this. And, um, you know, being a formerly married man, um, I think what really my call to action was my ex-wife. One day she came to me and she goes, Kev, you're much bigger than your, you know, basically play bigger. She's like, you're much bigger than you're playing right now. I need you to step up and become somebody. And I was like, wow, that hurt. What, the, what do you mean? I thought I was somebody. She goes, Kevin, you have so much potential. You just don't realize it. She goes, I need you to go do something with it. And she said to me, she goes, I need you to go find a new job. The one you're in, you're complacent. I mean, we, I wasn't making good money. I'll be honest with you. As a, as a married man in the late 90s, making about $35,000 a year, I wasn't crushing it. And she's like, I need you to do something bigger. And I think when I started putting that energy out there, something happened. One day, the guy that I was used to calling for one of the products that we represented, I called him, didn't get an answer, called the company, this California-based company, said, hey, look, I'm looking for so-and-so. This is what I need. They put me on the horn with the vice president of the company who directed sales. He's like, Kev, I've always loved you. Have I got a deal for you? I'm like, what's that? And he's like, uh, his name's Joe Mancini. Uh, he's like, and he's this Philadelphia Catholic man, uh, naval grad. He's just like, I want you to come work for me. I'm like, um, Joe, I don't even know what that means. I mean, you're based in California. And so he, he, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I flew down to California and met with him and the CEO of the company. Uh, the, it, this is in 1999. Where are we at? 99? Uh, no, maybe a little bit earlier. Anyway, um, uh, go to lunch with these guys at lunch. They make me an offer I couldn't refuse. Um, the salary alone was two and a half times my annual income with a base uh, and that was the base with a, a bonus package on top of it that was so my very first year instead of making 35,000 the last year I made a hundred and like 42,000 that first year in the and my, and my wife at the time's like I told you and and that's where it started for me I started in that space as a regional sales manager for this manufacturing company and grew and grew and eventually came to the point where I was you know, a sales director at a very large company and then became a vice president at a, another very large company and directed sales managing upwards of 75 people. And all because she called me out. She said, you know, basically there's a book called Play Bigger. She was giving me the Play Bigger version of myself a long time ago. Said you're playing small and you need to step up into yourself and become somebody. Hmm. So you this is amazing so and this is like a very this is a more like traditional path like what was it that got you started into the digital marketing world and gave right. you the 
the courage or the vision to totally switch and basically start, start over. I mean, not that like you can't use any of your corporate knowledge, but tell tell me about that. Well, you know, the crazy thing is, is after 25 years of uh, spending every day giving my life to the corporate world, I mean, you're working for somebody else. Um, I burned out. There was a ton of travel. What really got me to, you know, to walk away was all the travel. The year that I left uh, out of 52 weeks, I was trying to remember, I think I traveled 44 weeks that year. Now, it could have been a day trip. It could have been overnight. It could have been eight days. I remember, you know, there were trips that, you know, seven days on the road, literally catching a flight overseas, spend five days overseas and turn around and come back. And it really burned me out, all the travel. And one day I was just like, my quality of life stinks. My ex-wife left me. Well, she didn't leave me. She gave me an ultimatum. I left because um, I wasn't willing to quit the job that I had at the time because I was like, you know, we're making, at the time, I was making, you know, a half million a year with this company. And I was like, I'm not quitting this job. Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, this is, this is great money. And the, the travel killed the marriage. And uh, I finally, you know, two years after the divorce, I woke up. I was like, travel is killing me. It's not that it was killing the marriage. It was killing me. And in turn, I just wasn't, I, I wasn't good to be around. Not that I was an angry man. I just I had no energy, didn't want to do anything. You know, hey, I'd take vacation and I'd sleep for two weeks. She'd be like, what, we're not, we're not, we're not going somewhere? And I'm like, no, I don't want to get on a plane. And uh, so at any rate, I realized one day that, you know, all that travel was killing me. I took a break, I stepped out of it. And the craziest thing, here's, here's crazy creative Kevin, who got an insurance license and started selling commercial insurance. <laughs> and I, I was not expecting that one. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it either. And I'm sitting there one day and I'm just like, I hate this. And, but I was listening to a client, we were out talking and he was complaining about how he spends too much money on work comp insurance. I'm like, well, change it. Make your guys keep accurate records. He goes, really? My guys barely graduate high school. You know, he's in the, the, the residential building uh, uh, space. He's like, my guys barely graduate high school and you want them to keep accurate time records? I was like, well, isn't there an app for that? He's like, for what I need? No. So I started digging and realized there's nothing out there. So the creative guy who spent, you know, all these years in the hardware and software tech space was like, I'm going to find a way to build this. And I did. Found a team. We created a team. I brought in partners. We built this app. That was three years ago. And then I built my second app. And then I built my third app. And then we started a company to build apps for other people. And uh, 18 months ago, I needed a way to find clients. Uh, the local marketing agency that we were using, we had spent about $80,000 with them in about 11 months and they didn't return one sale for us, not one. And so, yeah, I'm like, what on earth is going on? And my investors are like, stop, we got to stop the bleeding. And I'm like, I know we got to stop the bleeding. So we cut that deal off and I started asking around. I got introduced to a company that was crushing it in this digital marketing space. They had some really big clients who got like massively huge and um, I went to speak with them and they're explaining, they're like, Hey, we got to get you a sales funnel. And we're going to do some, some targeted ads. I'm like, what on earth is a sales funnel and who on earth is click funnels. I've been driving by click funnels almost every day for the, you know, for the last four or five years, they're literally two miles from my house. And I'm driving by this place every day on Chinden Boulevard and not even knowing who they are. And I responded back on the scope of work they presented to us. And by the time I got it back to them, which was about 30 days after they submitted it to us, they were so busy they couldn't take us on as a client. I'm like, well, 
crap, this stinks. Now what? And uh, so being the industrious guy that I am, I start digging around and I end up in this space. I sign up for a ClickFunnels account and I sign up for another company called Kartra. I built my first funnel. took me two months um, because I didn't know what I was doing uh, in this software called Kartra and eventually dropped that in about last July. So what's that? 13, uh, 15 months ago, 16 months ago, I started within the ClickFunnels space. And my life has changed significantly since learning what ClickFunnels is. And uh, so that's how I got started in this space. Um, it, um, I taught myself how to build funnels. I was building funnels for others. I don't know why. I hated it. I hated building funnels for other people. But I was learning how this agency stuff works. I got into affiliate marketing. Getting into the affiliate marketing space um, led me to talking. Well, a friend of mine, she's VP over at a company called ClickBank. She reached out. She's like, Kev. You're the guy. We want to hire you. We want you to be our VP of sales. I want you to come in and meet with the team. Went through all this process, meeting with ClickBank. Um, you know, I was getting through that point where they're about ready to make me an offer. Realized I didn't want to work for ClickBank. I went to their biggest competitor who didn't have a sales position open, but they created one. So they brought me on as their business development manager. I didn't want to be a W2 employee again. I didn't want to manage people. That's what this position entailed over ClickBank. So I created a position that was 1099. I managed myself to help grow sales over their competitor, a company called JVZoo. So I was um, the business sales manager at JVZoo for a while. Um, realized that the affiliate marketing space, there are a lot of unethical people in that space as well as unethical companies. So I resigned, but I held the title business development manager for JVZoo for about five months. Um, I'm not that guy that likes to quit something, but just couldn't lend my name to you know what was going on. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I've literally in 18 months, all these projects have come about. I ran the affiliate sales for a very massive influencer in this space for a while. Just walked away from that uh, three days ago. Um, just really didn't have, or maybe it was five days ago. Didn't have the bandwidth to support those guys like they needed. So I, I stepped away. But yeah, my, my life in this space has changed considerably in 18 months. So it's stupid crazy. It's amazing. So, and one of the, one of the patterns that I'm picking up from your story is there, there's something in um, how you conduct your life or your relationships where opportunities present themselves. Right. Right. So can you speak into that a little bit? Like how, how do you go about creating value for the people around you so that these, because right. I mean, you just listed like four or five opportunities that like if one of them came to any one person in their lifetime, they would be like jazzed right. out of their you know, minds. You know how many people were upset at me for leaving Jay Shetty? I mean, I've got friends message me like, are you dumb? I mean, and I'm just like, well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, uh, but so, I mean, I, I left Jay Shetty and I got a lot of grief from a few friends for doing so. And in fact, there are, there's seven people on his team right now that came from my relationship in this space they hired seven other people to do different things in different niches for them. And a lot of them reached out and they're like, Hey, is there something we need to know? Why are you leaving Jay? I'm like, well, it's not that it's just because I don't think I'm giving him the value he deserves. And so I'm going to step away from that because I have so many projects going on. And really what I did was I stepped back and I looked at it and I was like, okay, what's moving the needle for me right now in relation to me and my heart and what matters. And I'm like, I love Jay Shetty. I love his message. But for me personally, it's not moving the needle. And so I was like, okay, I need to start stepping away from some of these things. But I think my, my benefit to this community and what has really helped me 
is my ability to connect people. I mean, I spent 25 years in the corporate space. I've sat in the room with Bill Gates at Microsoft. So, I mean, I can get in the room with anybody I need to because I know how to connect. I know how to, I know how to facilitate and make that happen. And so for me, I know how to connect people in the space. And I'm always trying to help somebody, the right people. I'm always trying to help the right people get the help they need, no matter where it might be. Because I know I'm, it doesn't come back to me helping them. It doesn't come back to me financially, but it comes back to me in good energy. And so what I put out is what I get back. And so for me, a lot of the relationship, like you just said, a lot of the things that surfaced, uh, ClickBank reaching out to me, turning ClickBank down, going to JVZoo, they didn't, they, they weren't happy about that. Jam was like, really? And uh, I'm like, hey, sorry, I, you know, I don't want to come to an office. And I leave JVZoo and ClickBank and I were talking again about the same exact position to come in over there. So I went and met with their CEO, sat with Jen and the CEO, Kelly, for an hour, walked out of there like, okay, I'm going to take the position. I'm going to be their man. And as I'm getting ready to accept this position and things are starting to happen, Jay Shetty's team reaches out and they're like, People are recommending you to manage the sales for us with all these offers and the things are going like, wow, that's pretty cool. So I got on a call with these guys and they're messaging, Jay's messaging. Uh, here, this is how crazy I am. Jay's messaging resonated with me, but I believe in giving back. A lot of the projects I'm working on right now go to a nonprofit. They're going to uh, um, a nonprofit called Operation Underground Rescue or Railroad, O-U-R-Rescue.org. No, it's um, in Ballard. Yeah, Tim Ballard, they're amazing. So a lot of my projects, uh, the profits from are going to it. All the profits from my book are going to Operation Underground Railroad. So they made me an offer at Jay, at Jay Shetty. Team Shetty came back with an offer. We're going to give you this and we're going to give you this. And I halved it. I said, I only want half. I don't need all that. And they're just like, I mean, I, me I remember their face on the Zoom call like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I don't need all that. I said, I'm not, I'm not taking this position for money. It's just, it's not, I'm taking this position because I believe in Jay's message and I want to help Jay's message reach more people. And I know I can do that. So that's what I'm doing it. So they were shocked when I countered, they offered me, I, I, I can tell you, they offered me a couple thousand dollars a month and 5% commission. Um, I took a thousand dollars a month, I half their $2,000 to a half. And I took 2% commission. I just made them promise me they'd give 3% of what they generate to nonprofits. And they're like, Deal done. That was it. And so, at any rate, I mean, it went that when I left, we were on the call with them, and they were like, "Kevin, you're an honorable man, and we promise you, we made you an agreement that we would give three percent to nonprofit. We will still continue to do so." Wow. I was like, I was like thank you. So, you know, for me, um, there's been a ton of opportunity. I've passed on a lot of things. I truly have. I've had so many things hit my plate in the last. 12 to maybe 15 months in this space and a lot of people who want to partner and it's really it's not about the money for me it's just truly not about the money it's about the effect how can i change the world what can i do with this um i know hemp and cbd probably doesn't lend itself to that but the amount of return for me in the hemp and cbd space that i can see financially will be um very beneficial to some nonprofits that i believe in so I was like, okay, this one I can't pass on because I'm going to use this to make the world a better place. So my end game for me, the projects I'm involved in and the things that I'm working on, truly at the end of the day, it's about what kind of footprint can I make on this planet of ours and what can I leave in relation to a legacy that my kids will be proud of one day. So they'll be like, you know, my dad wasn't as big of a jack wagon as everybody thought. 
So that's really, that's, that's my end game for me. But yeah, I love it. I mean, I love this uh, entrepreneurial space and all the opportunities that present itself. I'm fortunate that I've had some really big opportunities presented to me. I mean, I was able to bring together a relationship that I did cancel, but I was able to bring together a relationship between JV Zoo and ClickFunnels. They were going to partner together, co-market, massive, massive deal that was, was coming. And when I walked away, I put an end to that relationship. But that being said, I mean, I don't know how many companies in this space are able to bring together a partnership like that. JVZoo was coming together with their 800,000 affiliates and I was bringing them over to ClickFunnels. We were going, we were going on Russell's podcast. Uh, we were going live in the ClickFunnels group. ClickFunnels is going live with us in the JVZoo group. It's going to be a formal marketing message that was going out from both companies partnering together and all these different things. And I was able to make that happen. And even the CEO of JVZoo was like, I don't know how you did this. She goes, I've been trying for years to get in there. She goes, I don't know how you did this. I'm like, so that's what I consider my power. My ultimate, my superhero power is connecting, is getting people talking to the people they need to be talking to and finding them the help they need. So that's, I think that's really what's lend itself well for me in this space um, is just being able to ethically help out ethical people. I love that. I love that. That's something that I live by in my agency as well. Like if I'm talking to a potential client and I get the slightest inkling that they're just in it for the money or the product right. isn't really going to benefit people's lives. I am honest. I say, look, I'm not, you're not the type of client that I like to work with right. um, because you know, life's too short to not have every moment Absolutely. that we're giving to like make a positive impact in the world. Well, the last so. thing you want is to, to commit yourself to something that is not fulfilling to you and you have any kind of negative energy towards the project you're working on or the people you're working with, it drags you down. And the last thing you want to do is get on a call with them. Or the last thing you want to do is put in time into something that is dragging you down emotionally. So I get that. I love it. I love it. So as you've gone through and you've had all these opportunities and um, you've, you've had to probably really reach deep inside yourself to understand like what opportunities to take, right. what have, what has been like some of the, some of the conflict that you've run up against as you have been trying to make the impact in the world and the legacy for your kids that you talk about. Yeah. You know, you know, what's crazy is, is, um, okay. So I have to preface this with my, my, my genes, my genetics. If you go back, uh, Irish, English, Norwegian. So there's Vikings who came into the Isles. And although I thought I was Irish, English, my entire life, I got my DNA tested and found out I'm 52% Norwegian. And I'm like, Oh, explains things because a lot of stuff happened back in the day so um you take my heritage my genetics that breeds a little bit of feistiness into somebody uh my father who was from boston you know the crazy irish so yeah. all of this bundled in with um the life i carried through you know for me um you know i don't like being that guy that has the story but I, I really do have kind of one of those stories uh grew up in a very abusive household so you know bundle in the physical abuse with the emotional abuse from my mom and, um, you know, it was, it was my mother. So, you know, the, and it was, it impacted me in a, a lot of different ways. At the age of 17, I attempted suicide because I just, yeah, I just, I was done with this world. I hated the life I was living. Um, I grew up, um, you know, in, in the abusive household. Um, another thing that a lot of people don't know about me and sometimes I share, I'll share it with you is um, my mother remarried when I was five. And uh, my father, my pops, the man who raised me, who the most important person in my life is, was my pops. 
uh, was a black man from the South. My mom married him. Growing up in Idaho in the day and age that we lived in, there were no black people. So I was considered a black kid in school. I got beat up a lot. I was bullied. So, you know, between the bullying and the butt kicking and the crap that was going on at home, I may have had some things going on in my head. And so, like I said, you know, at 17, I attempted suicide. And, um, you know, I've lived with that. I, care, I tell people all the time, my childhood is in a backpack and I've worn it with me all the way through my adult years. One day, I hope to find a place to drop my backpack off so I can forget it. I haven't reached that point yet. But for me, um, my life has been built around um, daily struggles because I still deal with it. Even as an adult, I still deal with anxiety, depression. I deal with thoughts of suicide. I mean, that stuff is still there for me. And I've made it to these years in my life because I've fought and have realized that maybe there's a bigger purpose for me somewhere. And I fight to get to my tomorrow. I don't try to get to next week. I fight to, to get to tomorrow. So that's how my, my life has worked for me. Well, I take that person and realize I'm battling for other people the same way. I want, I, I, do, I hate when I hear about somebody who has been treated unethically in this industry, they've been cheated, whatever it might be. I don't care what it is. If you have harmed somebody in any way, I go to battle for you. And so the, the hardest thing for me is getting involved with people who I know can truly do some amazing things financially for me, knowing who the person is. I mean, I know at the core who that person is. And so I've passed on, I really have, I've passed on opportunities to work with people in this space just because of their branding. And I know what they've done to people in the past, even though together we could do some amazing things that could be financially rewarding. I've passed on the financially rewarding because I just don't want to ink my name and a partnership with somebody like that. So that's been probably the hardest thing for me is to, to walk away from some big names in this space because I know what it, what it means at the core of who they are and what that would mean to me. So mm. I guess I'm kind of a, I'm a jerk in that respect. <laughs> I no, I, I think that's fascinating that, um, first of all, I just want to appreciate your vulnerability and being willing to share those things that you carry because we, we all have them like mm -hmm. regardless what it is for the person, it's large for them. Everybody and has a cross they're carrying. They do. Absolutely. And you have to Absolutely. understand that when you deal with people. I mean, what you see on the front, what they put out on social media or in a conversation may not be the person you're actually dealing with because behind the scenes, they've got struggles. Everybody has a struggle, something they're dealing with. And I think if we're cognizant of that and we treat people better, I mean, this world would be a much better place if all these keyboard warriors weren't out there knocking each other down. Right. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the right. truth? Yeah. There's, there's a, a leader in, in my faith who says that whenever you speak to someone, you should assume that they, that something is going wrong in their life and nine times out of 10, you're going to be right. Right. And so you know, we have to approach every conversation with compassion and with understanding. Absolutely. So, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with your leaner. <laughs> so Tell, tell me a little bit more about um, the, when, when in our, in our email connection back and forth, you talked about how like the, one of the biggest things that you wanted to communicate is about goal setting and right. how to be productive. Right. Can you speak into that a little bit? Because I mean, you're clearly a man who gets stuff done. So why don't you help, help our listeners learn about how well, you approach these there's goals? There's two pieces to that. One 
if you're not good at something, look at your list, all the things you've got to do. If there's something on there that you know you're not good at, delegate. Find somebody that'll do that for you. Um, and, and if you don't have the money right now to pay somebody for that resource, find a way to exchange services. Hey, this is what I'm good at. This is what you're good at. Can I help you? Can you help me? That's one way to do it. But the other thing too is, is and this is something I've coached people on forever. If you don't have hard goals sitting in front of you, how do you know you're going to hit something? I mean, I want to win an award. I want the two comma club award. Great. Let's back that out. That's a million dollars. What does that mean to you? When do you want to hit the two? I mean, you got to, is it, you got to do a million dollars in a funnel. How, how are you going to get there? And you've got to piece that back or come all the way back from, here's my, here's what I want to do this year. Here's what I need to do this month to get there or this quarter. Here's what I need to be doing weekly. And these are the daily things I need to be working on. Build a list of the tasks that you need to complete. Complete those things. And I tell people all the time, here's the biggest thing. If there's something that is holding you back from getting through that day's list, what's the biggest thing on there? If you've got to get on the, the horn with a client that you know you don't want to have that conversation with and you keep pushing it out to the end of the day, well, you don't get to it by the end of the day. You put it on tomorrow's list. And then, you know, it, that's the way things happen. And I teach people all the time from a book I read called Eat the Frog, Eat the Frog. Take that biggest thing that's holding you back right now, eat it right now, get it out of the way. Because guess what? Once you're through it, once you've got it, I mean, and sometimes what you envision, what you imagine is going to happen doesn't really happen. You get together, two minds talk it out, everything's done. It's great. Sometimes it is. Either way, you get it out of the way and then you can get to the rest of the things you need to look at. But goals are, they're massive in your success. If you don't have a goal, you're planning to fail. You've heard that before. So, I mean, you are truly planning to fail if you don't have goals and you have to have something that you, one, that's achievable. I mean, don't get all, you don't get all crazy. But secondly, you've got to have a way or a plan in place to get there. And you know, here's, it's crazy. In this space, everybody wants to win a two comic club award. And I'm like, well, there are a lot of people with two comic club awards that made barely any money barely because the profitability and what they sold or whatever it might be. Heck, there's people who built funnels for $500 for a client and it did a million dollars. And that person got a two comic award for 500 bucks in profit. So don't use that as your goal. I mean, what could change your life? I was just talking with, uh, I was just talking with a guy about this uh, guy that I'm coaching last week. So what would change your life? He's like, well, I'd like to replace this and do this. And I said, so what's that equate out to? What's that a hundred thousand a year? It was maybe 200,000 said, so, that's your goal. Your goal is 200,000 a year. How are we going to get there? And how soon do you want to be that? How soon do you want to be out of the job you're in? I said, so if your plan is six months, well, you've got six months to be on your way to making $200,000 a year. Well, what's your monthly there? How much do you have to make a month to hit 200,000 a year? That's where we need to get to you to. And I don't want, I, I'm not saying you need to make that in, you know, month six and you quit. No, you need to make that another month in another month and build a pattern. So you're setting yourself up for success, not for failure. So back that out. What are your goals? What are your things you need to do? If my annual's this, what's your monthly? What's your, what's your weekly? And what's my daily? Hit your daily goals. Those will lead into your weekly. Did I make my weekly goal? And did I hit my monthly? So it's, you really, really, really have to be diligent in following the plan you build for yourself in relation to your goals. So I think goals are the key to, uh, to a successful dream. You can dream all you want, but until you put it into action and build attainable goals, you're still dreaming. Yeah. You're hoping actually, you're hoping. 
So, so you've mentioned a couple of things that I want, that I want you to speak into. And, and one of the things was, was you said, um, like some of the opportunities that you've left, it's because they're not moving the needle forward for you. And like, right. you're talking about these goals and how you need to know exactly what you need. And like, so, like a two comma club might not be what you need, especially like if it's going to cost you $900,000 right. in ad spend to make a million dollars, like right. why don't you just try to make a hundred thousand dollars. Like, can you help us under, understand, like, how do you go about identifying what it is that's going to move the needle forward or what it is that you really actually want? Yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm fortunate that um, with what I've done in the past and what I'm carrying into this space, uh, I'm okay. My kids are okay. When, you know, when, when dad bites, you know, is bite the bucket a term? Bites the bucket, kicks the bucket. When dad, kicks the bucket, bites yeah, the dust. Yeah, bites the <laughs> dust, kicks the bucket. I've got two of them there. When I kick the bucket, uh, my kids are okay. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. Now, so do I want to leave them all that money? I don't, because I want them to be industrious. I want my kids to figure some stuff out on their own too. I want them to be taken care of. Um, but for me, at the end of the day, what I really want to do is I want to make an impact. And so, I'm on the board of a nonprofit. It's a mental health nonprofit. I want to leave them money. I want to give them money along the way and I want to leave them money because, you know, crazy Kev, I've been told not to call myself crazy Kev anymore, uh, but Kev wants to make sure that they're taken care of. And then on the other side of it, I want to help Operation Underground Rescue. Uh, railroad, I keep calling it rescue. Oh, you are. I want to help where you are. And the reason why is, and this oh man, I can't believe I'm going to talk about this on your podcast. So I was sexually assaulted as a kid. And I think our most valuable resource on this planet are children. They truly are. And what you do to a child affects that child, but there's a ripple effect as well. That child becomes an adult. That child steps out into the world. Maybe they become a parent. There's other things that happen in here that, you know, I mean, they need, they need every advantage you can give them in life. And when you harm a child, you've hurt this world in a way that you just, you truly don't understand. And so my goal with OUR is to help them. I mean, obviously, their goal or their goal, what they're doing is they're pulling kids out of the sex trafficking trade. Children are being abducted from families and sold into sex slavery. Crushes me that this is happening. It crushes me that there's a nonprofit out there that has to deal with this because this is the world that we live in. This is a multi-billion dollar industry, the trafficking of children in sex. And in the US, we are the largest offenders. American men are the largest offenders globally in the sex trafficking of children. So I'm thinking, how can I change the world? Well, for every $2,500, I think it is that I am able to give to OUR, I'm able to save a child. And if I, my, my end game is I want to leave millions to OUR because I know that I'd, that'd save thousands of lives for kids because I know what happened to me and how it affected me as an adult. I mean, you know, to have somebody that you you value and you look up to as a kid sexually assault you, um, it affects you. And then, you know, bundle that in with all the other crap I was going through in my home. Um, I wouldn't say I have all my faculties together as an adult because I'm still carrying all this crazy crap with me. But the ripple effect, the ripple effect of harming a child and what they carry through, um, and I, the biggest the biggest lesson I learned in all this is genetically we pass things down to our children. And my daughter attempted suicide. And 
it crushed me. I mean, it just, it was just like, what have I done to my kid? And so I want to spend the rest of my days on this planet, ensuring that we protect more children and that we help more people see their tomorrows. And that's just for me. So whatever I get involved in, if it's not going to help me save lives, if it's not going to help me protect children, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to get involved in it. So that's kind of what moves. That's, that's my move the needle for me. Mm. That's powerful. And I think that um, what I, what I'm pulling from that is like your needle is moved as you identify and have clarity on your why. Right. And yeah, your I, have why, big, I, have a, I have a big why. And if, if it doesn't help my why I'm not getting involved. Cause I, I mean, okay. We talked about, it. I've got 21 projects going on right now. I'm slimming that down a little bit, but 21 projects, which means my bandwidth, it's, it's spread so thin. People come to me all the time with offers. Um, and I'm just like, gosh, man, let me think about this. Can this help me in the grand scheme in what I consider my, why can this help me? And if it's not going to help me any more than any of the projects I'm currently working on, I pass. Mm, that's, that's a, that's a great measurement stick right there. Right. I love that. Well, and I also love that your why is like, I, th- I think a lot of times, um, myself included, you know, entrepreneurs were like, yeah, well, like I'm in it for impact and I want to change lives. But like you, you've taken that to a degree where it's specific to you and it's based on very, very personal and hard experiences for you. And right. that impact means something specific to you. Right, right. Well, I know what it's like to be, I know what it's like to be physically abused. I know what it's like to be sexually abused. I know what it's like to be bullied. Um, I know what, you know, I mean, all those things play a role in my why. Um, I want to help people who have been bullied and taken advantage of and that come from that, 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 that home life that just wasn't the best. I, I, I just truly want to, uh, I want to play a stronger role in helping people in that space. Mm, that's powerful. So, and I would love, I would love, um, Kevin, for you to speak into like, as you've been on this journey in the corporate world and in the digital marketing world, like you, and, and your why is so strongly connected to saving specific lives in specific ways. What have been some of the unseen transformations that have happened in you as, as you've reclaimed your life from that corporate travel and you, and you are really trying to impact others' lives through the space? Right. Well, you know, I mean, if you look at it, um, you know, I like to say you take your time back as an entrepreneur. When you step away from the corporate job, you take your time back. You don't. You actually put a lot more time into stuff. But there's more meaning behind what you're doing. Um, and so for me, um, I know that at the end of the day, the calls that I'm on, the projects I'm involved in, the things I'm working on, at the end of the day, it's it's moving the needle on my why. If I was working the, well, I was going to say the, the nine to five. It wasn't a nine to five in the corporate world. You know, when you're a VP of sales at a company, you're 60, 80 hours a week. Um, but that was working for somebody else. And I didn't control that entire situation. One, I hated the fact that I was, I was controlled on the amount of money I could make. You know, I'm making this company millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they're paying me a half percent or they're paying, you know, they pay me $500,000 a year which is a lot of money. I mean, it truly is. But based on what I was turning for these guys, well, in this space, every dollar I generate, I control and I decide what happens to it. And so I know, okay, if I'm putting in 60 hours this week, I'm putting in 60 hours in every dollar generated in revenue, I get to decide what to do with. 
I'm not controlled. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not what it is in the corporate space for me. So, um, I mean, go, oh, I think, I think I just, and I apologize. I got off on a tangent. What was your original question? And I'll come back you're, to that. You're totally great. I, I, this is, this is good. So my original question was what have been some of the unforeseen transformations that have happened yeah. to you personally as you've embarked on this journey? Yeah, it's really helped me because I know that, uh, for me, um, you know, being that, that stern Irish Norwegian Marine Bostonian type guy, um, I had a harder edge to me because I just don't put up with people's crap. I just never have. I, and, and, and people know this and, uh, you know that, you know, Steve Larson talks about you attract and repel the right person by being you. Well, I probably repelled a lot of people because I was just like, you know what? I'm calling you out because you're a meathead and everybody needs to know you're a meathead. Well, I've stopped that a little bit. I've stepped back. I'm a little softer in how I deal with people because I realize, okay, even putting energy towards that negative energy to call somebody out and took advantage of somebody, it comes back to me because that's energy that I'm putting out. I got to stop being that guy. So being involved in this has softened me a lot. Uh, my good buddy, Jaime, who lives next door to me, we've been friends for a while. He's like, Kevin, I've noticed a big change in you and the way you deal with people over the last year. He goes, I'm impressed. I was like, looked at him, I was like, what'd you say? He goes, really? He goes, you don't notice? He goes, you are so much better to people because huh. he knows I used to call people out. And some people here locally be like, man, Kevin Quinn, man, that dude is polarizing. And I'm not as polarizing anymore. Um, because the biggest lesson for me that I've learned just being in this space and being involved in the different things I'm involved in is that there may be a, there may be a turd, there may be somebody who's unethical. You may, you may call them out it's not going to change them and they're still going to continue. And the people that support and work with them are just going to stand up and battle on behalf of them. And all you're doing is drawing far more garbage at you and the anxiety that goes with that because you've got 10 of these turds coming at you now instead of the one. And I've just realized, let them go. They're going to be them. There's nothing, there's nothing I can do to change them. The only person I can change is me. And that's all I have control over. And so I've had to change me and realize, all I can control is me and I've stepped away from that. I've just been, I think I've been a better person in this space because I've learned, I've learned to love people better. I think it's another piece of it. Working with so many people now, I've never, I've never been so involved in a community like this with thousands and thousands of people that I've probably talked to over the last year um, and, and grown to just truly like people more. And uh, so I think giving, being better about this, doing things that move the needle for me has helped me be a better person to others. So I think that's probably my biggest takeaway is it has taught me to be a better person to others. I love that. That is, that is awesome. And, and I love how, you know, just that powerful truth that we can never forget that like the only thing we can change, the only person we can change is me. Right. And it's that as we do that, like that's how we're going to make the biggest difference uh, for, for those around us. Well, think about it. Change yourself. And the way you look at the world, now go out and do what you're doing. I mean, you're far more positive and you're far more effective than when you're trying to battle everybody else, people that you can't change. Because that energy and you're putting out there, I mean, really, I mean, you can be using that in a better way to do better things. So mm -hmm. you got to change you. I love it. All right. Well, Kevin, Stephen, Mr. Quinn, you have been just a joy, a joy, joy to, to share. And again, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you for sharing yours and for being so open with, 
with your life and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to, to, to make an impact, how you're trying to make an impact. Really, thank you so yeah. much. Well, thank you. Well, Sam, I thank you. I appreciate, I, I, one, I appreciate you reaching out and asking me to be here because um, I think this has probably been right up there, one of the top, maybe even top podcasts I think I've ever done because you got me to open up about some things I typically keep close to the chest. And I love that, but I love being able to share more about my why. No one's asked me my why. You're the first person to ask me my why. In the last year, I've, you know, I've probably done 70 plus podcasts. And you're the first person to really ask me my why. And I appreciate that. And I, again, I'm super thankful you reached out and had me on your podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, thank you. And I wanted to give you a second as well. If for, for our listeners that wanted to, to reach out, learn a little bit more about you, your story, uh, the projects that you're working on. So right. do you want to take a minute and just share how people yeah, can get I'll in be touch quick. with you? I'm really not that self-promote kind of guy, but I'll be honest with you. You can find me on, uh, on Facebook, obviously. I'm under Kevin Steven, first name, middle name. Um, I, uh, I have a website you can go to if you want to learn a little bit more about me. Not a ton because I'm kind of private that way, but uh, you can go to www.kevinstevenquinn.com. And then funny enough, I have a book coming out, uh, December 19th. There are 72 authors in the book. So 72 chapters in this book called air fryer secrets. And it's not about air fryers. It's not recipes. It's how I use an air fryer on Fridays to build Facebook engagement. And so it's a digital marketing book. Um, it's basically, it's a digital marketing Bible from A to Z from mindset all the way through to you know, launching and selling and, and building an audience. So it's pretty cool. So airfriersecrets.com is where you can find the book. I love that. Okay. So we will have all of those in the notes for this episode for people to access that. Uh, and I'm excited to pick up my own copy. That's going yeah, to that's awesome. be awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. And then one last thing, you mentioned that you would love to give people a coaching module, a video for those right. that are listening in. Mm -hmm. um, so do you want to speak into that? Yeah, you know, um, we've got a private coaching group and in that group, uh, it's called Catalyst Genius. In the group, we're coaching a bunch of folks who are, you know, paying us to help with mindset and funnels and all the, uh, all the different things that are needed uh, in relation to this space. I've got modules in there that speak to business and sales strategies. And I've got one in there that I think would be great for your listeners um, that just, you know, kind of speaks more to their mindset in relation to sales and, and connecting. And I'll be, I'll be sure to share that module with you. So you can share it with your listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much. And again, Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show today and just dropping some amazing truth bombs, some amazing life experience bombs, yeah. and some marketing and goal setting bombs as well. And for just leading the way for someone who's moving the needle. Thank you. So welcome. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast. On the next episode, we hear from the great Myron Golden. This multi-seven-figure business creator is all heart and delivers simple truths that blow your mind about how to obtain wealth. I love learning from this man. These are episodes you just can't miss. Listen in as he shares his simple tactics that has that have, the one simple tactic that has generated multiple six-figure weekends for him and his clients. But while I've got you, I wanted to tell you about the new Marketing Matrix toolbox we have created just for you. Inside this toolbox, there are free tools that all of the guests have given since we started this show. So go get your free and instant access by going to themarketingmatrixpodcast.com slash toolbox. See you next time on The Marketing Matrix.